Well, welcome everyone. Um, as Elliot said, my name is Andrew and this is Rachel. Uh, please pray for our marriage as we do this. Um, you know, I'm always amazed by the incredibly high standard of uh, lyrics that we read at Christmas time. Not that, you know, songwriters nowadays don't have great words, but you don't often hear words like, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Like, and then to rhyme it with hail incarnate deity. Like, incredible words. So we don't plan on being that eloquent this morning, but we hope that what we share today, that um, you're able to take a moment and just rest in what Christmas is about. Uh, the passage of scripture that we're looking at is from Luke 2, 22 to 40, which is the back end of, of what was already being shared uh, today. So I'm going to pass to Rachel. We're also not going to talk very long because our three children are like free range at the back at the moment. So if you hear like screaming, we might just talk really quickly and then finish off. Um, but today we're looking at the story of Simeon, which Lisa read a little bit earlier on this morning. Um, and it's a story that happens when Jesus was um, 33 days old. So he was just slightly over a month old. He was still a tiny baby. He was um, probably waking up several times in the night. So his very tired parents went to present him into the temple, um, which was the, um, the custom of that time to dedicate uh, the firstborn son to God um, and also to offer a purification offering, which is what Mary needed to do after um, giving birth to a child. Um, and we read that while they're in the temple, there was a man named Simeon who um, was described as being very righteous and very devout um, and he had spent his life eagerly waiting for the promised Messiah. Um, and the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah um, for himself. Um, and we read that the Holy Spirit led him to the temple that day um, so that he could be there to, to greet Mary and Joseph and to, to meet Jesus. Um, and as Mary and Joseph came into the temple with Jesus, Simeon came up to them. Uh, which might have been a strange experience to have a random person come up to you and get excited over your baby. But Simeon came up to them and he praised God, saying, Sovereign God, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Simeon was so certain that this was the promised Messiah, that this was um, God fulfilling his promise um, that he said, I'm happy, I can die, die in peace now. I've seen the Messiah, I've seen your promise fulfilled. Um, and we read that Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. So over the past few weeks at Richmond, we've um, looked at the birth of Jesus uh, from the view of Mary and from Joseph. Um, they both had angels come to tell them of Jesus' birth, um, and they were both told through the angels what that meant and who Jesus was. So he was the Emmanuel, he would save the people from their sins. He was the son of the Most High, and his kingdom would never end. Um, and they'd had a whole lot of shepherds come just after Jesus was born, and the shepherds had heard the, of Jesus' birth through a choir of angels. Um, and they had glorified and praised God over his birth. So somebody coming up to them in the temple and saying, this is the Messiah, probably wouldn't have been exceptionally new news to them. Um, but I wonder if part of the amazement that they experienced was um, due in part to perhaps um, things had been relatively private. Um, so they, they 
they had been visited by angels, they knew who Jesus was, but maybe hadn't told too many people, possibly because they were, um, people wouldn't have believed them. Um, so to be in the temple and to have somebody who's described as being very righteous and devout come up to you um, out of nowhere and praise God for the birth of your uh, baby would have been unexpected um, and amazing and wonderful. Um, and even if the words that Simeon said to them would only have been a confirmation of what they already knew, it still would have been um, an amazing thing. So Jesus was the recognition of the fulfillment of a promise, um, something that they would have, Mary and Joseph would have grown up hearing about, the coming Messiah. Um, and in a way that was so close to them, this was their child, this was their baby, and he was the fulfillment of the promise. Um, and what stands out about this prophecy is what we read in verse 32. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. And this was a real confirmation that Jesus wasn't just for their family or for their town, but for the whole world. Jesus came to reveal God to us. He came to show us what God is like. And Jesus later on, John 14, verse 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus said that you can, when you see me, you can see what God is like. Through Jesus, God is revealed. Jesus revealed a God who is faithful to his promises, who made this promise a long time ago and fulfilled it. And God made all the steps to fulfill this promise. This wasn't anything to do with actions of people or anything that we've done. God sent Jesus to fulfill the promise that he made. Um, and we talked on Sunday a little bit about the vulnerability um, that Jesus lived in his life. Um, this wasn't the life that you would expect from a king, from a poor family, from a vulnerable family. Um, this reveals the character of God, that he's not setting himself above us. He's coming to live among us. The God that we serve is a God who comes to us, a God that we could believe is distant, but he comes and meets us. Came, he came and meets. He came to meet us and to live with us. So in living with us, Jesus is the light that reveals the heart and the character of God. The Apostle John writes in the beginning of, uh, of John that he was the light that shines in the darkness. That's how the poet John starts his gospel, was drawing on this image of the light. And so in doing so, in living out the way of Christ, it reveals to us who he is, but it also challenges us about who we are, about how we live, what we dream and how we think. These verses reveal the first time, as Rachel said, that Jesus is publicly acknowledged for who he is, speaking of the hope that will be in him. It doesn't take long, but in Luke chapter 4, only a couple of chapters later, we read of, a very, uh, of another very public moment, the moment this all begins. This moment, rather than being in the temple in Jerusalem, is instead at the home sorry, is in his home synagogue in Nazareth, in front of his friends and his family, people who knew him. This is the moment that Jesus publicly begins his ministry and declares who the kingdom is for and that this will be fulfilled through him. A kingdom that is good news for the poor, that frees the oppressed and captives and brings sight to the blind. And in its breaking through, we see how things are supposed to be what things look like when they are set to right, what justice looks like, what peace looks like. 
You know, you could imagine the wonder and delight in the eyes of Mary and of Joseph too as, as they hear Simeon's declaration of praise, as they kind of get over that freak out moment when this old guy comes and grabs their baby and lifts him up like a kind of a Simba in the beginning of the Lion King kind of moment. That's how I imagine it in my head. But that's probably because I'm extroverted. But, you know, after that kind of shocking moment, you could imagine the wonder and the delight. We come to the temple this man, this devout man, this woman who had given her whole life, suddenly erupt in praise when they see him. It sounds wonderful. It's a Christmas miracle. But it quickly turns. It comes with a solemn message at the end of what Simeon says. He says, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to arise. That is a sign from God that many will oppose this little baby and the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And we think about all the things that Christmas commercially promises us. How can this be? Who can oppose? I mean, I understand that people hate tinsel. I understand if you hate carols. I understand all that, but how can you oppose hope, joy, peace, love, all these things that we hear about at Christmas time? The light that reveals who Jesus is also reveals where we are at. It challenges who we are. The light of King Jesus reveals not just the kingdom, but in doing so illuminates by contrast what we then hold most dear. For him to be king, his kingship reveals a call to God that threatens our desire to serve self, to serve the things that this world values, the gods of this world. For those of us, for all of us in Australia, with power and with privilege in a broken world, this light reveals to us the incredible opportunity to live like Christ in a posture that sacrificially gives ourselves away, placing ourselves last so that others may arise. In a world that promotes security through finance, through exclusion, through placing walls, this is a light that beckons us to daringly live generously and with wide open arms. And even when we are the hurt, when we are the rejected, this light reveals to us the potential of a reconciled new day. And so calls us to grace, gracefully love and forgive our neighbour and our enemy, challenging our right to judge and condemn. And even for Mary, who had already given so much, this light reveals to her what she would have to witness and be willing to give up in the years ahead for this to be fulfilled. Simeon says that this would pierce her very soul. The light we celebrate at Christmas in revealing who God is and who, what his character is like reveals to us what matters most to us as well, reveals to us our own heart. In the hope that Christmas brings, as his light shines upon our hearts, are we willing 
to allow things within us to fall so that the character of his kingdom may rise. Simeon and Anna, the two people we meet in the story who had given up so much in living for this day, when they meet this baby, they are drawn to praise when they encounter the hope they see in Jesus. If Joseph and Mary had hoped to go unseen in their first humble public outing, being poor and only having the minimum offering to bring, Simeon and Anna's explosive response ensured that that couldn't happen. Because there is a kingdom that is coming that is good news for all people, especially the poor and the oppressed, and it needs to be celebrated extravagantly. This is a praise that would be echoed in the blind, blind and the lame and the leper and the dead and the unclean as the light of Jesus and his coming restorative kingdom enters into the light of others. This is a praise that would be echoed in the hearts of his followers upon his resurrection and the coming of his spirit. Finally, a new dawn was arriving. Full of love, hope, peace, and joy. Lit by the glory of God's character in King Jesus. So the light of Christmas should draw us to celebrate, to dream, to wonder, in amazement of what is to come. Today is a day of celebration and of praise. As we share food and quality time with our families and friends, even in the most broken of relationships and circumstances, let our prayer today but that his light would reveal to us the hope of a new day because he is so faithful. And if we're struggling with the world and how life seems to be, let us celebrate that one day all things will be set to right. And let our prayer be that, the, that this light reveals in us how we can best reflect it, even if it hurts. So that our celebration isn't just words, Eloquent words, as they may be, that we see on the screen in carols wouldn't be just in food and drink and in playing backyard cricket, but in the way that we sacrificially live that participates in the breaking in of his kingdom. Let's pray. Lord, we celebrate today that your light has come. Your light that is good news. Your light that brings us hope. Your light that speaks of a world being set to right. Lord, we celebrate today your light that has transformed us. But in doing so, your light has come and has challenged us. It has opened us up. It has questioned the things that we hold most dear. Today, as we sit amongst our family and friends and we sit in maybe in discomfort of the way things are, let us, Lord God, look to your light and hope for a new day, a reconciled day, that all the things that sit uncomfortably in us, the things that don't feel right, the things that feel unfair, that, Lord God, in you we see justice and peace and hope and joy. For those of us who struggle today, for those of us who struggle to see this light, I pray that your light would come inside of us and fill us with an unspeakable joy. We pray that your spirit would, would come and comfort us and restore us and renew us and speak through us. 
Lord, we thank you for the gift that you are to us. We thank you that you came because you so loved the world. That you didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. And so, Lord God, I pray that for each one of us, you would help us to look to the light, to allow your light to shine upon us, to allow your light to show up the things that need to be shown and to be reflected from us into others. Lord God, we thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen.